What's going on, Neck Nation? Welcome to another uh, episode of the Neck Roots Podcast. Uh, Austin Davis, I'm here with uh, Spencer Llewellyn. We're doing an interview today. And uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about his story, and also we're going to relate that to ownership, right? Exactly. Awesome. Now, Spencer and I, dude, how long have, how long have we known each other? It's been over 20 years. Over 20 years, yep. So... In fact, we were buddies in high school, and of all the high school buddies, I think you're—I know for sure—you're the only high school buddy that I still hang out with. So happy to have you here. Happy to have this discussion and learn more about your story. So, Spencer, tell us because you—you had a, a, a difficult upbringing uh, when you were in your teenage years, right? I mean, it wasn't smooth sailing. It wasn't a picture perfect, you know, family situation by any means. So. Do you mind sharing kind of that experience that you had and, and, you know, fill an index nation on what went down? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so from the time I was about 12 years old, uh, my mom was in and out of the house a little bit. Um, she struggled with substance abuse. Um, and I had, I have three younger brothers and we, uh, basically lived in a bachelor pad growing up. Um, I'm the oldest out of the four boys, um, hardworking dad, like extremely hardworking dad. Um, so with that, um, there's a lot of opportunities when I was growing up to kind of take on, um, I guess a lot of ownership with the family, um, kind of being, you know, mom junior to, to my little brothers and, um, you know, working through that situation, getting through high school, helping my little brothers with, you know, elementary work, um, watching over them. And again, like living in a bachelor pad, it's wild. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, and, yeah. and Austin knows, I remember <laughs> Austin knows my family, knows my brothers and, um, we we got extremely rowdy. Oh yeah, dude! Um, I love your family, but your brothers and your dad—they're just—they're great people, man. I love everything about them. So, but, um, really, that was something that I had to learn at a young age. Is with the situation that you're given in life, what do you like? How do you take hold of that, and how do you push it through? Um, and, and how do you maximize like your enjoyment of life growing up? Cause there's, my dad worked his hardest, his hardest to give us everything when we were growing up. Like, yeah, you know, there was no shortage of four wheelers or, or way runners. And, and the reason he was able to do it is he was, um, really scrappy. You know, he, yeah. he could, man, he could, uh, he can negotiate his way through anything and he can, he can figure out any deal in the world. Um, so we always had, you know, we were, we always had fun. Um, and it wasn't until I got older that I realized, you know, how much that stretched him. But at the same time, like how important it was for us to have those experiences growing up, even in, you know, a less than ideal um, family situation. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as you know, we were talking about ownership a little earlier, we talked about acceptance, right? And I think the first step to ownership is acceptance. And, and for some of us that could be, you know, 
I accept that I did this thing or I accept that this thing has happened to me. Right. And, and for your situation, I think it's the latter, right? You know, you had this family situation, um, that was going on, you know, with your mom, um, not always being there and kind of having those, uh, substance issues. And it, it's not necessarily that it's your fault, right? I think that we need to acknowledge this for sure is that some of these things are not our fault, right? But we do have to do something about them. We have to take ownership and we have to do something, right? And I think that that's a, that your, your story is a perfect example of that. Wouldn't you agree? I, I would definitely agree. I think uh, it's so easy to make excuses of why things are happening to us. It's a lot harder to take those um, to take those things that have happened to us and try and capitalize on them for good. Um, and that's something I had to learn when it actually took me quite a while to come to, to terms with that. It wasn't something that when I was a teenager or anything that I understood that I had to take ownership of this. It wasn't until a little bit later in my life that I realized really the only way to make the best out of a bad situation is to figure it out. Yeah. Like you cannot let those bad situations run you. You have to be proactive and you have to take care of them and you have to, you know, take ownership of it. Yeah. If it's, if it's a bad situation, figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. And I think fundamentally, right. When, when we think of ownership, right? Maybe it's a material possession or something that, you know, we own when we're, when we're young, right? The word is mine, right? right. I've got, I've got young kids got right young now. Kids yeah, and... dude, mine, right? Yep. Yep. You see, you're hearing it too? All the time. All, All the, the time, time, right? This is mine. And when something is yours or when you take ownership of a material possession, there's things that you can do with it, right? You can, you can keep it. You can store it, you can use it, you can give it away, you can sell it, right? There's a number of different things that you can do with material possessions. And I think the same principles apply, the same idea applies to, you know, mistakes and situations that we have to own. Because once we have owned them, once we've accepted that they've happened, we've taken ownership, we have control over the situation, right? And I think that that's a real, that's a key point here is taking control, which means that we hold the power, right? And you don't want to give that power away to somebody else, right? And so for you, Spencer, how, how do you feel that taking control and having that power, I guess, has, has kind of helped you work through owning these issues or owning that issue? Yeah, I think it, really having that power and that control, I didn't, I didn't understand what that meant until I got into my professional life. Um, and with what I do for work, there are problems that come up all the time. It is, it is constantly putting out fires. And there's a lot of times that, yeah, it, it was my fault. This is, this is my problem. I caused it. I need to be the person who takes this through to the end. Um, but sometimes there, it's somebody on your team's fault. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't use the word fault, you know, as, is blaming them, but, you know, maybe somebody made a mistake. Somebody missed something. Um, I know when I was managing, uh, several people, a lot of times I had trained 
these people from the ground up, like their first exposure to, um, what we were doing was like through me, it was a job that they got, you know, right out of high school or something like that. So I had trained a lot of these, these awesome, um, guys and girls. And when somebody who I was in charge of made a mistake, it reflects on you as a leader as well. And I think that's, it's that type of ownership that I didn't understand until a little bit later in life. Um, being able to say, okay, this may be something that I blew it on training them. So you go back to the drawing board and you say, okay, what can I do to help the next person not repeat this mistake? Yeah. Um, and also like if it's a team effort, when those types of things happen where there's issues or problems, a lot of times maybe you're not the right person to fix the mistake or to, to solve the problem or rectify the situation, I guess. Um, that's when it's important to delegate. You take ownership and delegation. Yeah. Um, if, and you need to understand that you have a team with you and you don't need to take all that pressure on yourself. If you take the pressure on yourself and try and push everything through and not use your resources, it's going to fry you. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's there's a lot of truth in that, that taking ownership of something can be pretty burdensome, right, at times, depending on what it is. And I think even, and I love that you brought up the work setting, right, because there are there are different aspects of our lives where we need to take ownership, whether it's in our relationships, whether it's, you know, family life or work life, like you mentioned, right, um, we take ownership. But even outside of work, like if you don't feel like you have a team, you still have resources available. Like we all have resources available to us, um, you know, when we take ownership and maybe it's something that we did, right? Like you you mentioned, like you made a mistake. I, Dude, I, I could fill a library full of books with, <laughs> with all the mistakes that I've made, right? I, I felt uh, that. Yeah, right. Uh, but there are resources. You don't have to take on everything all by yourself or all by ourselves, right? Nick nation. We there, you can reach out to other people. You can bring other people in to help solve the problem or, or help you work through an issue or, or a, a problem that you've caused or, or something that has happened to you, right. That you're dealing with, right. That you've taken ownership of. So I love that you brought that, that you brought that up. Um, so going back to, you know, your, your experience growing up, do you feel like, you know, outside of your, your family. Cause we, we talked about your dad, your dad, dude, your dad is a freaking amazing guy. I just, I love your dad to death, man. Uh, he's super funny, right? Always. He's got He's always got a great attitude. Most of the time he's, he's got a great attitude. Um, he can, he can holler pretty good. He can, yeah, he can holler pretty good, but it's, it's all in love. Yeah, absolutely. But did you feel like that there were resources and things that helped you with that, uh, with owning that burden? Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously number one is going to be family. Yeah. Um, number two is that there are outside resources and I think that's something that, men in general don't understand is there it's okay to reach for some outside resources. Um, for sure. Whether it be 
you know, therapy or having a best friend for crying out loud. Yeah. Having somebody, I mean, I remember sitting in my garage working on a motorcycle with you and I had an absolute come apart trying to get a bolt out of this motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, you being one of my, my resources, you helped calm me down, yeah. you know? And, and I think it's important to look outside of yourself and to realize that you are surrounded by people who, who care about you and who want to help. A lot of times they just don't know that you need help. That you need it. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, that is going back to ownership. Yeah. That's on you. Yeah. If you need help, you need to be the person who finds help. Yeah, to ask for it, right? Uh, unfortunately, sitting and waiting for something to fall in your lap just doesn't happen. No. And so in life, like if you want to live your life to the fullest potential, you have to be looking for those outside resources. You need to be looking for mentors. You need to be looking for... If you're going through a hard time, look for somebody to talk to. Yeah. You know, there's there's nothing wrong with going to a coach or a therapist or something like that and and talking to them about it. Yeah. That makes you feel pretty good. Yeah, right. But you have to be the person who decides, I want to take ownership of my situation. I want to affect a change. I'm going to be the person who takes the ball and runs with it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it doesn't even have to be, you know, reaching out to somebody and talking to somebody, whether it's a therapist or a close friend or a family member, we're not, I mean, you don't have to, it's okay if you break down and cry, but we're not saying that you got to break down and cry and, and have a huge emotional experience. Like that's not required every time when you, when you're asking for help and reaching out because you have taken ownership of something. Right. Um, but like you said, as men, we struggle to ask for help. In fact, in the, the very first episode of this podcast where we talked about, you know, dare to be different and shed your shame, you know, Kit and I, we went back and forth about, you know, do you ask for help? And Kit jokingly said all the time, but he's like, no, I'm just kidding. I never ask for help. And that's, I think, Nick Nation, that's the way a lot of us are. As, as men, we're just programmed not to ask for help. And the downside of that is, whether you take ownership of something or you don't take ownership of something, the consequences of that situation are still going to fall on you. 100%, right? And isn't it so much better to be in control of those situations so that you have an impact on those consequences, right? Um, and bring other people in, like you said, utilize those resources to minimize, effectively minimize some of those consequences, right? Um, what, what a great way to, to resolve these issues and know that you don't have to take on a hundred percent of the burden all the time. Right. So, um, so again, going back to, you know, us growing up and taking ownership of things, right. I, I, I remember a time where, um, you know, you were, you were dealing with stuff with your mom, right? Um, it, I, I don't remember what the exact situation was, but there was a time where you, you know, outside of working on the dirt bikes, <laughs> which we did, there was a time where you had reached out to me 
um, and we, we kind of worked through an issue together. Right. And I think that I, that's something that has stuck with me ever since it happened. Right. I think we were 16 years old. Right. And I remember everything about that. I remember it vividly and it wasn't my situation per se, but because I cared about you, right. You're, you're my buddy and I got your back, like everything about that situation I remember. And I think that we need to recognize that as men that, you know, we do have people close to us, like you said, but bringing them in to help us to help us in certain situations can have a lasting impact on them as well. Right. So and I really like that. Um, cause that kind of, that kind of spreads some of the ownership around, yeah. you know, it may be a situation that I'm dealing with or that, you know, somebody else is dealing with, but as soon as you go to that resource, if they, if it's a good resource, yeah. they're, they're going to put in that effort and they're going to take part of that ownership as well and say, you know, I think, I think I can help out here. You yeah. know, it doesn't have to be this huge thing either. There's a lot of little opportunities every day to take ownership. Yeah. Look for them. Yeah. Like seriously, just look for them. And the more you start looking for those opportunities, number one, you're going to build a ton of value in yourself. And that's something that, that I truly believe in, um, is making yourself valuable. Yeah. Um, and when your employer, when your family members, when people see that you take ownership, they're going to see that you are reliable. You're genuinely a good person and you're somebody that they can trust. Yeah. And so you're going to start having those opportunities to be a mentor or to be somebody's shoulder to lean on. Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, Kit, Kit said, I forget which podcast it was, but he says, you know, as you grow and you gain experiences, you can be the key that unlocks somebody else's prison. I love right? that. It's, love and that, that is so true, right? As we take ownership of these situations, the biggest thing is, yes, they're burdensome, uh, but we learn so much. We learn so much from them. And, and we've gone back, we've talked about failure so many times um, on this show, but you know, as we accept what it is and we fix it and we learn from our mistakes. And like you said, you'll gain value. You absolutely gain value from taking ownership and solving problems. And then that experience allows you to help other people. So exactly. And isn't that what life is all about anyways? It is, should be like, for sure. Isn't it all about trying to improve yourself, but also like make the world around you a better place? Yeah. Yep. That's what we talk about, right? Be a little better tomorrow than you are today, right? In in whatever way you can, not, not change everything about your life tomorrow because that's too much, right? But just bite off what you can chew and be better. So I think another important part of taking ownership to something because we've, we've talked about how burdensome it could be and we've talked about sharing that burden and resolving issues or whatever it may be. But there's also like outlets. Men need outlets because I know as I've, you know, matured and realized the importance of taking ownership of things, like there's times that I need to get out and, and, you know, from, from a perspective of neck roots, right. From the old neck roots podcast here, um, we do a lot of outdoorsy stuff, man. And so what are, what are some of the outlets 
uh, Spencer, that you think um, that you're engaged in that have helped you to kind of cope and deal with the stresses of taking ownership? That's that's a good question because I, it's interesting that you asked that question because my dad and I were having a conversation the other day and it was a pretty pretty heavy conversation, um, and he said, "I am so glad that you." have this and you have that. The things that I really enjoy doing, um, I love to be outdoors just like, you know, I'm I'm going to consider myself neck. So. Yeah, you are neck, brother. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, you're absolutely neck. But I love being outdoors. I love hunting. Um, I love being up in the mountains, camping, spending time with, with my boys out in the woods and kind of, you know, giving them this trying to give them the same opportunities that I had. Yeah. Um, one thing that's, that's been, that's had a huge impact in my life over the last year, um, is elk hunting. Yeah. Um, yep. I had a big elk hunt last year. Um, took me 17 years to draw this tag. Yeah. And so from Memorial day until, that bull was down in mid-September. I was in the woods every weekend, hiking, getting into shape, um, and really just enjoying being out in, in God's creations. You don't, oh, yeah. you don't feel as close to your creator as you do when you are enjoying his, his creations. But, uh, and, and with that mountain biking has become a a big part of my life too, as I started to get more fit and into shape, I realized, you know what? Mountain biking is awesome. Yeah. And with the availability right out my back door, it's like, that is a quick, simple thing. Um, where you get, get to get out, you burn calories, you're in the mountains and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's a good, it's a, it's a great outlet. And, uh, Back to your your uh, elk hunting experience, right? I got to take a small part of that, right? We did uh, we did an overnight camp out in a certain uh, area of of the the mountain range where you were hunting, right? Yep. And uh, trying to glass and and look for elk in that area. And then the morning of your elk hunt, right? We were all out there. Your dad, your dad put me on a horse, um, and I I think it it was a pretty well behaved horse. Uh, for the most part, but I hadn't ridden a horse since I was younger. Right. I mean, I, I grew up riding horses with my grandpa and stuff, but, um, I'd gotten away from that and got on the dirt bikes and he put me back on this horse and it had been gosh, 25 years. since. I, I'm glad you were riding the horse that day and I wasn't riding. The <laughs> oh horse. man. I'll tell you what I, <laughs> the scene from, uh, the man from snowy river comes to mind when he started taking us down some of these mountains right through, right through these aspen trees and it, it was crazy i'm like brad where are you taking us there is no trail here and we are going straight down this mountain and jumping over deadfall and it was it was crazy but it was a cool it was really a really cool experience for me to be able to take you know a small part of uh to be a, a small part of that uh that hunt that you had and i know that you'd been looking forward to it and you put a ton of work into that which just kind of it echoes the fact that you know, as men, we do need these outlets. We need, you know, whether you're you're into hunting and fishing and being outdoors or mountain biking, whatever it is, right? You've got to have these outlets. You got to have some type of outlet uh, to to decompress 
as you take ownership of certain things in your life, even if they're your own mistakes, right? Take a break, uh, decompress, do what you need to do, and then get back into solving the problem and, and, and shouldering uh, the burden that's acceptable to shoulders. So, well, Spencer, I'm, I'm just, thank you so much for, uh, for being on the podcast today and talk about this. Do you have any uh, other thoughts on this before I ask you a final question? Um, no, I think just, I do want to plug a book that kind of changed my perspective on uh, ownership and that's Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink oh, and right. Life Babin. Um, I recommend that book to anyone. Please read that book. It will change your life. It changed mine. It changed my perspective on responsibility and ownership. It's entertaining, but it also has very good lessons and it relates to you as an individual and you as a professional. That's awesome. Yep. So, and I'm glad that you put that in there because that is like the, the prime example of what it means to take ownership of something, right? So a good resource to everybody. So, well, Spencer, one thing that we ask everybody on the podcast who comes in here uh, for the interview is what does it mean to you to get back to your roots and why are your roots important? Man, so to me, it means being back in the mountains with my dad and where my dad spent time with his grandpa, where his dad spent time with his grandpa and, and back for generations, you yeah. know, back to the late 1800s, we've been walking the same woods. Um, and I really think that's important. And I hope that I can also share that with, with my children going forward. Um, but I really do think that we need to be mindful of the past and mindful of those who came before us and honor their legacy, but also create your own legacy. Yeah, absolutely. What a great answer. So Neck Nation, uh, it's it's time for us to buckle down and to take ownership, whether it's it's something that you did uh, or, or a mistake that you made or maybe one of the failures that, uh, that you've come across, or maybe it's a situation that wasn't your fault, right? We've got to take ownership. We've got to take control. We've got to work through these issues. We've got to fix them. Use resources, right? Reach out to other people. You know, we, we talked about it as guys. We just don't reach out. But here here's, you know, from us to you, right? And for ourselves too, right? Because I, I forget this all the time. Reach out to somebody. Talk to somebody. Bring people in that can help you solve the problems. But uh, we'll leave you with that message. And uh, remember to like and share this video. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening in and there's, not, and there's a, a way for you to like the video, do that as well so that uh, we get into the algorithms and more people can hear it. We're on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And then uh, if you like the neck gear, the hats, the shirt, I know Spencer's got himself a hat here. But uh, go to www.neckroots.com and check out, uh, check out the swag. Uh, pick yourself something up. and uh, But I think that's our message today. So we'll leave you with that. And bless up, Deck Nation. Bless up.